So I'd like to talk today about a philosophy that I call the long game. And this is fundamental to all of the work that we do here at Deep Game. This really at the core is what separates the amateurs from the masters in the game of basketball and in any field that you come across in the world. You're gonna hear me say that a lot, by the way, in this talk, what separates the amateurs from the masters. This is it. It's the ability and the willingness to play the long game in your career. And so we're gonna get into in this talk exactly what the long game is and what you'll find is that maybe you've um, heard this concept before, you've understood it conceptually or logically. It's a very big difference, though, <laughs> between actually feeling it in your bones to the point that you're willing to do it on a daily, consistent basis and ultimately to live this way. Okay, so our goal in today's talk is not just to explain it logically, but to really sink this deep into our system so that we live this way permanently. And this will do more for your truly your mastery of the game of basketball and your long term success as a player than almost any other approach that we can take. So. We'll open this up with a quick uh, Kobe Bryant story, actually, and this is one of the weirder ones. So <laughs> back when Kobe was 13, he was playing on the summer AAU circuit, and at this point, he was one of the uh, bigger prospects in the country, but he hadn't broken through to like the top tier of basketball prospects at this time. I think he was like top 50 or top 60 or something like that. And so most players on the summer AAU circuit being like a, a big name prospect, they go out and they try to show off all the skills that they have. They try to play to all, the, all of their strengths, um, play as well as they possibly can, score as many points, win as many games, lead their team, so on and so forth. Kobe took <laughs> a very different approach. Uh, so in Kobe's words, he said that he used to play to his weaknesses rather than playing to his strengths and trying to play as well as he possibly could. If he had a weakness, he would focus on that during the actual game. So if he... Uh, <laughs> if he was having trouble with his left hand, he would play predominantly left-handed that game. If he wanted to master his or work on his pull-up jumper, he would shoot mostly pull-ups that game. If he was working on a specific move, and there's stories about this driving his coaches absolutely crazy, if he was trying to like master a particular crossover, he would do that crossover over and over and over again against the other team's best defender until he got it right. And um, again, there's stories about Kobe would like dribble the ball off his foot eight times in a row and his coaches would be going crazy like Kobe get it together we need to win this game and yet Kobe was just focused on his own development on sharpening his craft and this is a pretty selfish way to play all right I'm not I'm not advising anybody do this you know he's Kobe Bryant so he could get away with it um, however not saying to do this I'm saying look at the underlying philosophy that was driving his decision making and in Kobe's exact words that philosophy that he said, um, again, exact quote, he said, I was playing the long game. He wasn't concerned about how he played in this one summer AAU game back in his when he was 13 years old. He was concerned with his multi-decade development as a basketball player on the road to mastery of the game. That's a very different way <laughs> than most players approach the game of basketball. And when we come back to, as I promised, I'm gonna say this a lot, the difference between an amateur and a master level basketball player, this is the fundamental difference. The amateur 
is racing towards a, an end goal that they have their sights set on. And they're trying to get there as fast as they possibly can and do everything absolutely perfectly as though they're gonna run out of time at any moment. And every little misstep along the way is this cause for panic because it's gonna destroy their chances at reaching that goal. The master, on the flip side, is taking things step by step by step by step and knowing the whole way that mastery has no destination. Mastery is just an esoteric concept. It's a journey towards, well, not towards anything. It's a journey of sharpening your craft little bit by little bit by little bit until eventually, if you play the long game at the end of your career, you have achieved mastery of the game of basketball. And yet at that point, you will still be sharpening your craft and still mastering the game at deeper and deeper and deeper levels. When you take this approach and you truly play the long game in the spirit of a master, ultimately nothing can hurt you because every little misstep along the way, every time you dribble the ball off your foot like Kobe did trying to master that crossover move, it is just more reference experience for you to fuel your growth and that sharpening of the craft. And so uh, the analogy I'll use is that like, if you imagine two friends sitting across from you at a table, the amateur is the one who's freaking out and neurotic over every little thing that goes wrong, you know, in their career. And every little misstep that they make, they're freaking out and they're constantly looking around trying to do everything so perfectly. The master is just one who calmly takes one step at a time, one step at a time. And every little misstep is, um, you know, they're left completely unfazed by it because Ultimately, the journey to mastery has no destination. They're playing the long game. So this is uh, kind of our introduction into this concept, but I wanna go a lot deeper here. And it's one thing to understand this, like, yeah, I, I know I should be playing the long game and I'm gonna try to remember that as a concept and another thing to really live it. And so I wanna give you a few examples from outside of the world of basketball that I think are pretty dramatic. Um, <laughs> the first one actually comes from Warren Buffett. So, and I will say before we get into these examples, there is a tendency to, um, if you've heard concepts like this before, concepts like mastery or concepts like the long game or, uh, <laughs> you know, consistency over time and things of that nature, there's a tendency to go deaf to things like this because we hear them so often and we know logically that they're true, but because we go deaf to them, we don't really feel them. That is a big mistake here. And make sure that if, if you've kind of gone deaf to these concepts in the past, that you clean off your ears <laughs> and hear this part, okay? This is critical and fundamental to your long-term success. So with that in mind, we'll get into these, into these, um, these examples because I think these are gonna really drill at home for you. And the first one again comes from Warren Buffett. I have some notes here because I want to get all these facts correct for you. Warren Buffett started investing at 10 years old. All right. So at this point, I'm not sure how old he is now, but he's in either his 80s or maybe early 90s at this point. Um, Warren Buffett started at 10 years old. <laughs> $81.5 $81.5 billion out of his $84.5 billion net worth was accumulated after his 65th birthday, okay? 
$81.5 billion of his $84.5 billion net worth was accumulated after his 65th birthday. That means after 55 years, five and a half decades in the game. <laughs> if Warren Buffett, uh, and th this is a really shocking statistic, if he had retired at 60 years old, he would now be worth only $11.9 million, which is 99.9% .9 less wealth. So after five decades, if he had retired, like most people do at 60 years old, he would be worth $11.9 million, which is 99.9% .9 less wealth. So that is super long game thinking, super long game thinking. Warren was like day after day showing up, putting in the work, sharpening his decision-making process, consistency over time on the road to mastery. And ultimately it's, you know, made him one of the wealthiest people in the world. On the flip side to that, however, Warren used to have a business partner and actually Warren uh, still has one business partner, Charlie Munger, Charlie and Warren used to have a third business partner, however, named Rick Guerin. So this was about 40 years ago, Rick Guerin, uh, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett were partners at Berkshire Hathaway. And the only difference Warren said between uh, he and Charlie and Rick was that Charlie and Warren took this super long-term approach. They knew that they were gonna get wealthy. They just wanted to stay consistent over time. They knew it was gonna happen. The difference is that Rick was in a hurry. And so Rick got into a short-term investment play back in, I think my notes say 1973. He made this short-term investment play. He thought he was gonna make a whole bunch of money all at once and shoot ahead of Warren and, and Charlie. However, the market crashed. He was over leveraged and he ended up having to sell his Berkshire Hathaway stock for less than $40 a share. Guess what that stock is worth today? <laughs> If you look up Berkshire Hathaway stock, it's one of the most valuable companies in the world and it is worth over $400,000 per share. So <laughs> he essentially lost everything and he lost the opportunity to become one of the wealthiest human beings on the face of the earth because he got leveraged by a short-term play. This is amateur level thinking. On the flip side, Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, master level thinkers, master level investors were playing the long game. And as a result, they got incredibly wealthy and are among the wealthiest people on planet earth today. All right. So this is the difference between the amateur and the master. The master plays the long game. The amateur is racing towards a goal and trying to get there as fast as humanly possible. And as a result, makes a whole lot of mistakes along the way. And they are in a panic over every single little thing that goes wrong along the way. So it causes a lot of bad decision-making. I'll give you one more, or rather, I'll, I'll give you two more examples of this, but we're gonna go th through these ones quicker because I have something else I wanna share with you as well. So I will, well, let's recap really quickly. I have a quote from Warren Buffett here about Rick Guerin. So this is a direct quote. He said, Charlie and I, Charlie Munger, his business partner, Charlie and I always knew that we would become incredibly wealthy. We were not in a hurry to get wealthy. We knew it would happen. Rick, Rick Guerin, this third business partner from 40 years ago, Rick was just as smart as us, but he was in a hurry. He was just as smart as us, but he was in a hurry. That was the difference. He wasn't playing the long game. I have one more quote here from a book called The Everything Store, and this is the, the story of Jeff Bezos and Amazon. So the quote goes like this. This is about, about Bezos now. 
If you look at why Amazon is so different than almost any other company that started early on the internet, it's because it was a multi-decade project. The notion that he can accomplish a huge amount with a larger time frame if he is steady about it is fundamentally his philosophy. So in other words, Jeff Bezos, uh, I think he's like first or second wealthiest uh, person in the world right now. Jeff Bezos, his fundamental philosophy is the long game. Amazon was a multi-decade project. And so that led to him making very different decisions than he would have if he was trying to make as much money as he could in a very short period of time. So that is master level thinking. That is playing the long game. And the best example actually of someone playing the long game in the world right now, uh, to my knowledge anyway, the best example I've come across is Elon Musk. So Elon Musk, out of all of his companies and all of the things that he's got going on right now, his primary objective is actually to populate Mars and to take a, a portion of the human population and bring them to Mars and colonize Mars. This is well known. However, it's a goal that very well may not be accomplished in his lifetime. And he's been uh, very forward saying that. He said, you know, this is something that may not happen while I'm alive. This may happen in a future generation. And yet he's still doing it. That is super long game thinking beyond his lifetime, actually. This goal is, is so worth doing that he's dedicated his entire life and everything that he does towards that goal. So this is what it means to play the long game. And if you look back at these names that I've mentioned, right? Kobe Bryant, Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. These are master level thinkers and their fundamental philosophy is the long game. And so when you're approaching your basketball career as a player, hopefully on the road to mastery, who is playing the long game, really let this sink in here. Is that one game that you play in your career such a big deal? Is that one failure, even being cut from a team or even one bad season, is that cause for panic? Or is there a larger game being played here, the long game? And around this, at the time of recording this, it is uh, preseason in 2021. So going into the 2021-2022 season. And I've started to get messages that are of the same nature of the messages that I get at this time of year, every single year for the last 11 years in my career as a trainer. And the message always goes something along the lines of, I just had my first game. It went terribly. What do I do? <laughs> And maybe this player's coach didn't play him enough. Maybe he didn't get enough touches. Maybe he didn't uh, score enough points. Whatever the case may be. The message is always the same. It's a player in a panic thinking he's got to change his whole approach because he had one bad game. And every year when I respond to this message, the players are, uh, these players are so surprised when I say, do nothing. Don't do anything at all. Do not change your approach because that one game does not matter. <laughs> we are in this for the long game, all right? So this is, uh, this is actually a, quite a deep concept. And to live this way requires a deeper understanding of the mechanisms at play. And so there's three core principles that I want to pass along to you here um, about the difference between the amateur who's playing the short game and the master who is playing the long game. What I want to do first, though, is take a break. <laughs> I've been talking for a little while now. I'm going to rest my voice. If you want to grab a drink of water, stretch up, settle in, do that now. Um, I'll cut the recording and then we'll come back afterwards and get into these three core principles, the difference between the amateur and basketball and the master level basketball player. All right, so go ahead, take that break now, and we will see you on the other side.
Okay, welcome back. So let's take this a little bit deeper. And as I mentioned before, there's three core principles that really separate the amateur from the master in the game of basketball and in any field. And understanding these principles is going to allow you to live that philosophy of the long game a lot more deeply. Um, and it's going to impact all of the decisions that you make in your career. So I'm going to say each of these principles in a very specific way. The first one is that the amateur seeks perfection. The master seeks consistency. Okay. The amateur seeks perfection. The master seeks consistency. And these are actually worth writing down if you can. So I'll, I'll illustrate this with a quick story. Back in my sixth grade off season, I think I was coming out of sixth grade going into seventh grade. So the summer in between those two years, I was so obsessed <laughs> with finding the perfect training program and designing the perfect training program that it actually ended up pulling me away from the training itself. And there was this one day, I still remember, I went out to the court near my house and I was warming up doing this perfect workout that I'd spent like an hour the day before designing. And as I'm warming up, I get this thought in my head, like, oh wait, what if I did it in this other way? What if I re-engineered my training program in this new way? Wouldn't that work better? So I get this thought in my head and the next thing you know, I'm all the way back in my house, upstairs in my bedroom at my desk, <laughs> and I've got this big sheet of paper out in front of me and I'm redesigning my whole training program rather than actually training. <laughs> and so an hour later when I'm finished like redesigning everything, I, I, I look at it and I'm admiring it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna work great. I'm gonna start this tomorrow. So of course, I've missed my workout for that day. Tomorrow comes around and the next thing you know, I have a brand new idea tomorrow and I'm back at the desk redesigning the training program saying I'm gonna start this one tomorrow. And I did some training that summer, but not nearly as consistently as I needed to to actually achieve the result that I was after. And so that was amateur level thinking. I was seeking perfection rather than consistency. And at every point in my life where I've really achieved um, a, a large degree of, uh, of growth in any field that I've been focused on, this is really key here. My standard for success was not how perfectly I did what I was planning on doing. It was just showing up, all right? And uh, my most successful season, off season of basketball training of my life, my whole standard for success was just showing up when I planned to show up. And usually that was two workouts a day throughout the summer, um, five, maybe six days a week. And those workouts would fluctuate. Some of them were done better than others. Some days didn't go well at all, but I showed up and I did the work as best as I could that day. It wasn't a perfect training program by any means. And ultimately there's no such thing as a perfect training program. The perfect training program is the one that you do consistently over a long period of time. That is master level thinking. That is playing the long game. And that is really how you get the results that you're looking for. It's not just chasing the perfect training program over and over, program hopping. Um, I, I I'm actually quite thankful <laughs> that the online basketball training world didn't exist back when I was playing because I would just be jumping from program to program to program instead of actually doing the training. And I'll, I'll put it to you this way. The, one of the core principles in investing, the investors, we, we talked about Warren Buffett in the previous chapter, the investors who have a lot of success, like multi-billion dollar success over a long period of time, are generally the ones who find 
investments that are consistent and reliable and provide consistent, reliable returns over a long period of time. They are not the ones who pour all of their money into this really volatile investment and buy it low and sell it high and make a whole bunch of money all at once. Those are the people who generally go broke. All right, there's a couple who get lucky, but for the most part, that is a bad investment strategy. And the Warren Buffetts of the world are those who found not the perfect investment, but the consistent, reliable investments that they can hold for long periods of time. So approaching your training, your basketball career, and really all of the decisions that you make in your life with the long game in mind, where you're not seeking perfection in an amateur, <laughs> at an amateur level, you're seeking consistency that is what's going to really provide the best return. And of course, that, that goes if you're playing the long game. So the last thing I'll say on this point is that um, we'll go back to the investing analogy. The first rule of high-level investing is a really simple one. <laughs> and it's not the one that people think, okay? The first rule of investing is don't lose money. Don't lose money. It's not make the perfect investment that gives you a 1,000% return in a year. No, 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 no. It's just don't lose money. And so if you are bouncing from program to program to program, trying to get the perfect training schedule together for yourself, but you're not actually doing the training, you are losing workouts. You are losing uh, you know, training currency. You are losing money, okay? You're not getting any return at all because you're too busy seeking the perfect program to do the program that's right in front of you consistently. Okay, so this is a very different approach. If you are playing the long game, seek consistency rather than perfection, okay? Number two, <laughs> second, second core principle here. The amateur seeks accomplishment, the master seeks growth. And this is another way of saying what we have called the law of transformation in the deep game. This is the fourth law of the deep game. And that law states that the player who seeks growth advances faster than the player who seeks accomplishment. We've said this in so many different ways. This is just another way of saying the same core principle here. And what you find is that uh, just like the players that I mentioned who reach out to me at this time of year, at the start of the year, and they've had one bad game, and they're totally in a panic, <laughs> and they want to change their whole approach right now uh, and uh, try to fix what's not actually broken, in the same way, the amateur is freaking out over a lack of accomplishment. Whenever a little bit of difficulty arises, he thinks everything's broken and I gotta fix everything. The master, on the other hand, is completely calm and unfazed because they know that all of those little mistakes that are made, all those micro failures, bad games, uh, so on and so forth, there's just as much potential for growth in those experiences as there are in the accomplishments themselves. And paradoxically, one of the paradoxes of mastery is that if you are focused on growth, accomplishment will come as a byproduct, a natural effortless byproduct, uh, more so than if you were actually obsessing over the accomplishment. And the amateur is, is so obsessed with the accomplishment, they're trying to grip the, the goal that they have so tightly that it just squeezes right through their fingers and they lose it. The master, on the other hand, isn't, really focused on that at all. They're simply focused on sharpening their craft a little bit at a time, just like Kobe was willing to play poorly in an AAU game if he could sharpen his craft a little bit more. That is, uh, <laughs> again, I'm not recommending that at all. It's a selfish way to play, disclaimers uh, aside. That is ultimately um, playing the long game, 
okay? So the amateur is focused on accomplishment, the master is focused on growth. Um, if you wanna go deeper into this, the first step to doing that would be to go to deepgame.com. Again, if you haven't taken the masterclass, make sure you do that now, or, or rather when this talk is finished. Um, we focus on this in week number four of the Deep Game program, and we focus on it in so many other talks um, that you know that there is really no excuse for not understanding this concept very deeply by now. Okay, so let's see if there's anything else I want to say on this point. Um, well, yeah, actually, I'll share one more thing. So. Every year for the past five or six years, I have spoken at one of the local universities here. It's one of the uh, biggest business schools in Canada. And <laughs> I speak to this business class and they want to hear about like my journey as an entrepreneur and so on and so forth. And at the end, they, they ask questions. The first year that I ever gave this talk, I was asked a question from somebody that I've been asked every year since. And that question is, what are the biggest failures and mistakes that if you could, you would go back and fix that you've made in your career? And <laughs> the first time I was asked this question, I, I, I listened to it and I paused for a moment and I kind of went silent and the whole room is waiting to see what I'm going to what I'm going to say. And they're all wondering like, oh, wait, this is going to be good. He's really thinking about this. And meanwhile, I have no answer. I'm thinking like, wow, what? what failure did I experience? Like, did I, did I make a mistake? And I really had to think about it. And finally, I realized I don't actually consider any of the things that didn't go quite as planned or didn't go as well as I wanted to. I don't consider them failures. And I literally had to think, <laughs> I had to think through this before I answered. And I said to them, you know, I really don't consider these things failures because all they were were experiments. They showed me what doesn't work and that's just as valuable as finding out what does work. And it was this realization that I had as I was giving this talk, like, oh wait, there's no such thing as failure. <laughs> there's actually no such thing. And every single one of those experiences of something not going as I'd planned or being, um, just a complete flop even, they showed me what not to do. And that has served me so well in the long game that I wouldn't trade those experiences or change those experiences for anything. They're some of the most valuable experiences that I've had in my career as an entrepreneur. And the same goes in my basketball career. So ultimately, the master level approach is one where there's no such thing as failure. And I mean that in a literal sense, because those, what the amateur would call failures, the master is really um, seeing as growth opportunities. And so they become growth opportunities. So that's the last thing I'll say there. The amateur seeks accomplishment, the master seeks growth, or in deep game terms, the law of transformation states that the player who seeks growth advances faster than the player who seeks accomplishment. So, so far, the master seeks consistency, and growth rather than perfection and accomplishment. Very different approach than most players take. The third core principle here that we'll go over, uh, and this is really, really key here. The amateur seeks speed. The amateur seeks speed. The master seeks patience. So one of the, <laughs> during a contemplation, uh, I think this was about six, maybe nine months ago, um, during a, a journal contemplation that I was doing early in the morning one day, this came through and I wrote this down in, in my journal and it's really struck me and it's stayed with me ever since. 
And what I wrote down was that if you approach it with patience, it will happen quickly. If you rush it, it won't happen at all. Okay. If you approach it with patience, it will happen quickly. If you rush, it won't happen at all. So this is really, really fundamental. The amateur is trying to, as we said before, rush towards a goal that they have as fast as they possibly can and get there in the shortest period of time and beat everybody else there. The master has this infinite patience because mastery is an infinite path. There is no destination at the end that they're getting to. Mastery is a process. And so it, it allows for this infinite patience that you have. And one of these core paradoxes of mastery is that if you are patient, the results actually come much faster than if you had rushed. So we'll, we'll put it like this. Most often, the players that have the most trouble and this goes for, I've seen a whole lot of players in my career, trust me, there's over a million players came through the old elite guard training programs uh, over a period of 10 years. The players who had the most trouble were those who were measuring their progress in days and weeks. They wanted to see results tomorrow or today um, or next week. They're measuring their progress in days and weeks. The players who got the best results were measuring progress in months years, and in some cases, decades, okay? Those are really the players, as we said with Kobe and, and Jeff Bezos in the previous chapter, Warren Buffett as well, they're measuring their progress as a multi-decade project. Your career in basketball hopefully will be multiple decades or at least um, one or one and a half, two decades um, on the shorter end. And so one season, one game, one workout, not important. The growth and the patience and the consistency is what will allow you to succeed in the long game. It's a very, very different approach. So how do we want to say this? Yeah, so the, this is a point I want to make here. As a result of seeking speed, the amateur is after like wanting to get there as fast as they possibly can. What inevitably happens is they look for shortcuts and they look for steps that they can skip. And this might manifest as a player who wants to learn the killer crossover before they can learn, um, you know, just literally like how to do a layup with their left hand. <laughs> They're skipping fundamental steps that are going to erode the foundation of their game because they're trying to get there as fast as possible. They're building the top floors of the skyscraper before building the foundation. And if you look at a master level player who is training, if you look at um, old Kobe Bryant workouts, he is doing basic, basic stuff. Even late in his career, he's doing like basic one ball ball handling drills. He's not throwing around tennis balls and doing all this stuff. Um, there's this old story he once told he was, um, well, this is a little bit sad actually as I'm recalling this because it was with Gianna, I believe. And so uh, I'll tell this story anyway. So Kobe's online and he comes across a YouTube video with uh, this trainer like throwing around tennis balls, dribbling two balls and doing all this stuff. And he goes, Gianna, Gianna, come in here. This is a real story, by the way. So he goes, Gianna, come in here. He's like, look at this, what do you think? So Gianna looks at it, she watches, straight face, she looks at Kobe and no lie, she goes and walks out of the room. <laughs> 
no joke. Okay. Even Gianna at, at her level, she was a young player, but she knew better than like, she saw through all the fanciness and all of the like trying to master the fanciful things, building the top floor of the skyscraper. Kobe, Gianna, master level thinkers, they master the foundations. And Kobe and his workouts, like it was not uncommon that he would go to the, um, the high post and he would shoot a thousand shots just from the high post. You know, pivoting one way, pivoting the other way, turnarounds, fadeaways, just like working that high post, the foundation, uh, one of the foundations of his game over and over and over and over again. And so again, very different approach than the amateur level player who's trying to master all the fanciness before they get the fundamentals down. And most, most often when you get the fundamentals down, you realize that's all you actually need. The master has achieved this, this perfect simplicity with their game that they don't need all of this um, excess. Their game is one of, of exact, precise, simple moves. If you look at like late career, Michael Jordan, there's no wasted motion. It's the shortest path between two points is a straight line. It's, it's this game of straight lines. And so this is one way that, uh, this need for, um, getting to the result as fast as possible manifests. The amateur makes a lot of mistakes, a lot of, uh, misjudgments in the way that they train themselves because they're trying to get there as fast as possible and skipping all of these steps along the way. The master who's playing the long game is one that builds that foundation over and over and over again, each and every day consistently with patience. Okay. So what else do we want to say here? Well, well, we'll put it this way. The amateur is speeding towards their end goal as fast as they possibly can. The master knows that there is no end goal. <laughs> it is an infinite path. Mastery is a process, not a destination. And if you are playing the long game, the game of a master level player or, a ma or the game of mastery itself, this is how you approach it. Not seeking perfection, but seeking consistency. Not seeking accomplishment, but seeking growth. Not seeking speed, but seeking patience. Okay, and I'll say that um, <laughs> that quote for me that that was so magical in that contemplation. If you approach it with patience, it will happen quickly. If you rush, it won't happen at all. And this, uh, as we wrap up here, this is one of those um, <laughs> this is one of those paradoxes of mastery. And the, the paradox is that if you are seeking, uh, well, we'll put it this way. If you do the right things consistency, consistently over time, you will actually get closer to perfection than you would if you were trying to do everything perfect the whole way. And so consistency leads to perfection faster than you actually trying for perfection. All right, it's a paradoxical nature of mastery. If you focus on growth, ultimately accomplishment comes faster, comes easier than if you were obsessing over the accomplishment itself. So focusing on growth leads to accomplishment faster than focusing on the accomplishment. All right, again, paradoxical nature of mastery. And finally, once again, I, I'm gonna say this one more time because it's so powerful for me and uh, I think for a lot of our high-level players. <laughs> if you are patient, it will happen quickly. If you're focused on speed and rushing it, 
usually it's not going to happen at all, or you're going to make a huge mess along the way and it's going to take way longer than you wanted it to. So approaching with patience in the spirit of playing the long game, the, the long game towards ultimately mastery, which is an infinite road, it will happen much more quickly. It will happen much more effortlessly. And um, you're going to get there in a lot smoother way. And you're actually going to get there. You're not going to miss the mark. You will get there if you commit today, right now, to playing the long game. All right? So <laughs> that is all we have today. I'm going to give you, or rather leave you, with a couple book recommendations. The first one I have recommended before. Second one's actually a new one. I just read this one. So the, the first one that we have recommended before is Mastery by George Leonard. This is one of the first books on the deep game uh, reading list that I recommend all of our players go through. It's an awesome little book. It's fun to read. This is actually by an Aikido master. Um, I really can't say enough uh, good things about this book. So a lot of the themes that we've spoken about today, you'll find in this book as well. And the second one, this might be a surprise, but... A lot of those investment analogies and lessons, teachings from Warren Buffett actually came from this book. So The Psychology of Money. This is an awesome, awesome, awesome book. Not just about understanding money, which is, um, of course, one of the benefits of reading that book, but the psychology and the philosophy of building wealth is exactly that of building mastery in any field that you go into, including the game of basketball. So there will be direct basketball lessons. If you have an open enough mind to absorb the teachings in that book, it will really help you out. And you'll get a pretty good schooling on finance as well along the way. So read those two books for sure. Um, I hope you got a ton out of this. Like I said, the long game is one of those fundamentals, <laughs> fundamentals in the same way uh, I said this in the beginning, you can't make an omelet without eggs. You cannot achieve mastery without playing the long game. It's fundamental, okay? So once again, I will cap this off with uh, that quote that means so much to me. And um, <laughs> you want to write this one down and remember it forever. If you approach it with patience, it will happen quickly. If you rush, it won't happen at all. Hey, it's Coach Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is head over to deepgame.com or click the link around this video and it'll take you to our free masterclass where you'll learn all eight laws and all of the fundamentals that you need to know about the deep game in just one hour. We've had players call this the best hour of basketball learning of their lives. And I really think this can completely transform the way that you look at the game of basketball. So like I said before, this is completely free of charge. Head over to deepgame.com right now and I will see you over there.